Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. What were you saying <laughs> as we were singing this offline? I was thinking maybe I needed some like, Vicky, 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 you know, some like record scratching. <laughs> if you're listening at home, what happens is when we start this show, we do play the intro just to ourselves and we sing along mm-hmm. to it. In total. Just for funsies. Yep. And dance. And we dance to each other virtually. It's quite a weird thing, <laughs> but we love it. Mm-hmm. We love it so. We do. And then we think of new cool things we can add to the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> cool? I don't know. Maybe they're not cool. Why? What are you thinking of adding to the theme song? I don't know. Maybe some, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or maybe someone saying like, set phases to stun. I don't know. A little weird word yes, drops. Yes, we do an update. Anyway. Wait. Okay, yes. Hello. Welcome to Set Phasers, <laughs> a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. My name is Aki Burmese, and I'm a co-host. And I'm Stevie Manns, your other co-host. And together we are... The hosts. Quite the pair. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Today's Stardate. Stardate 312514.6. Discussing Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 2, entitled... Envoys. I love it when you give me something I can put a shit ton of reverb on. Well, what can I say? I'm feeling dramatic today. (laughs) Today we're discussing onward. Anyway, it, this is a great. I, I just am so happy that we're rewatching mm-hmm. this. I forgot how much I love each and every one of these episodes. You know, every time I go back and I watch another episode of Lower Decks, there's so much that's hidden in it. So much that's hidden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy moly! They threw so much stuff at you, just visually as well as in the script. Yeah. 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 It's it's chock full of like. Offhand, super nerdy deep cuts about mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, very cool stuff. Anyway, this is a great episode. We get a little bit closer view of Mariner and uh, and her relationship with Boimler. We even get a uh, we get a, a little hint as to what may be going on between Rutherford and Tendi, if indeed there is anything going on there. Eyebrows are raised. Eyebrows are raised. And we get a sense of the crew and the whole ship. They did a great job with the second episode Mm -hmm. uh, using, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Should we run it down? Let's run it down. Maybe. (laughs) There it is. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? Tell me what just happened. Can you run it down for me? You found the original one. That's great. I did find the original one, yes. It was hidden. It was hidden, but we found it. Yes! Let's run it down. Okay, this episode is entitled Envoys. The overall gist is Boimler gets selected to take a a Klingon uh, ambassador down to a planet for some sort of peace talks, and he's very excited about it, and all hell breaks loose. But it begins thusly. Uh, 
Mariner and Tendi are walking down a hallway and the ship is infiltrated by a an interdimensional or transdimensional energy creature, the kinds we've seen in many Star Trek episodes that usually wreak havoc by like going in someone's body and making them super like horny or something. Usually something weird like that, out of character. And this creature shows up and does the usual business, but instead of being freaked out, Mariner is like leaps on it and wants to throw it into a canister and control it. And she's like, we can use this thing for all sorts of stuff and manages to uh, extort uh, from this interdimensional creature that says, I shall make a feast of your misery. Uh, but then is scared of being stuffed in the box. Um, Mariner manages to extort a new tricorder with one of those cool purple stripes and an energy cell, which depletes it of much of its power. And then when it tries to attack the captain, it is summarily destroyed. And that is the... Is it? Yeah. It like runs into her com badge as she's walking down the hall talking to... Oh, I didn't notice that. I thought it went into her and that was... And we were going to sort of wait for that to come in later in the series. Oh, I don't think that's what happened. I thought it was like, evil doer, get ready to... And like a bug on a windshield because it was so. And yeah. And the captain's like, what should my warp thing be? You know, it's warp time. It's warp time. What do you think about that? Is that good? Um, I quite like it. I I just listened to not to get on other podcasts, but I just listened to her interview on the Star Trek pod. Mm. And she's wonderful. The pod directive. The pod directive. We praise them. We We praise them. Praise to you, pod directive. And you're great. Great entertainment. So the episode begins, as I said. Boimler rushes in, Mariner and Tendi are working in some sort of bowel room of the ship, and he's like, oh, so sweet, I'm getting to take the Klingon ambassador, Zorin, down to the planet for peace talks, I'm super excited, and Mariner's like, super boring, why would you want to do that? And he's like, oh, you don't even know, and then he's like, I'm going to practice my my Klingon so that I can greet him, uh, what's the word he used, Nuknek, uh, is the Klingon, you know, I love an excuse to do a little Klingon, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, so Boyle was super excited about that. Mariner thinks it's really boring and stupid to do. Uh, Rutherford pops out of like a Jeffrey's tube and and talks to Tendi. And apparently he had been in there for three weeks just reconfiguring things because he loves his work so much. Uh, and he's about to go back in. But then he is reminded that te- he and Tendi were supposed to watch a Pulsar viewing <laughs> Uh, the end of the day and she's like oh well if you go back in the twos we won't be able to watch the pulsar and he's like oh I guess I could just go uh, move out of engineering and then I wouldn't be so busy and we could watch the pulsar and Tendi's like great and then Rutherford his B plot line essentially and which I thought it was so cool mm-hmm. is that you get to meet all the like people running the ship because he goes to ever he goes yep. to command he goes to security he goes to science it's a very clever way of doing that it's super clever and you get to meet all the weird people. So Boimler puts on his best dress uniform and he shows up with his matching luggage to the shuttle bay and he gets onto the shuttle and who should be there eating like ramen out of like <laughs> ramen cups. It's Mariner and she's not in her dress uniform. She's got her sleeves rolled up as Mariner does. And she's like, hey, you're my co-pilot and we're flying Zorin down to the surface. And then she starts playing with the blast shield. And singing the Blast Shield song, which I tried to memorize, but I couldn't. Blast Shield is how it ends. Uh, Rutherford goes to quit engineering. He makes a big speech, and he's worried about how it's going to be taken. 
uh, and they do a little gag where the head of engineering uh, says, like, that is just fine. I'm so happy for you. And everyone celebrates him because everyone loves Rutherford. So General Corrin shows up. Uh, Boimler goes in with his nook-neck. And he's interrupted by Mariner, who immediately jumps up and kicks Corrin in the face. And then Corrin starts beating up a Mariner and they're cursing at each other. And then they start laughing. Because they know each other from, Mariner says, they did some off-the-books gray ops back in the day. Uh, to which Boimler's like, you're my age. How? What was back in the day? And But anyway, they're like, you drive the ship and we're just going to party. So they, while they're going down to the surface, uh, Mariner and Corin are like drinking blood wine out of flagons and singing Klingon opera songs back and forth to each other. By the time they get there, Corin is completely passed out drunk. And apparently defecated on his bat left, according to uh, yep. Boimler. So Boimler and Mariner get off the ship. Oh, he also insists on being put down not by the ambassador, 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 embassy, <laughs> ambassador house, not by the embassy, but in Little Kronos. He wants to go to the Klingon area because he wants some grach. Uh, so they get off the ship. He's passed out, but then he, I guess, wakes up and seals the ship and flies off. But the planet is. He drunk drives. He drunk drives the shuttle away. The planet is protected by like a shield that doesn't allow people to communicate or teleport in and out. So they can't contact the ship. So they have to go in search of Corrin to get the ship back and get him to the peace talks on time. They go and speak to like a Klingon like stall uh, food street meat tender who tries to give them a bowl of grach and says that she did see Corrin, but he went in search of stronger ale the people on the planet are isolationists, so they're weird about Starfleet. Boimler runs into a a giant alien and almost causes a ruckus, but Mariner is able to steal his wallet and throw it and distracts him. They run off. Meanwhile, Rutherford is getting his command tutorial, which involves going to the holodeck and being put through various scenarios, which he completely fails. Spectacularly in the second one, I think in the first one he has 105% casualties. <laughs> And in the second one, all the children on the ship in kindergarten and pre-K are ejected into space. And his uh, the first mate, number one of the ship, instead of being upset, is like, let's do that again on a ship with more kids on it. Because he's a maniac. Meanwhile, on the surface, Mariner goes off to use the bathroom from all the blood wine. Boimler gets talked to by a lady in like a red halter top and a sarong. And she's like... in seducing him and then he's about to kiss her and then Mariner shows up and sprays her with a hose because it turns out she was sort of succubus that was gonna lay eggs in his mouth and uh, that was great she also compliments her sarong as she runs off Rutherford goes to medical he tries to work there apparently he does pretty good he's got like the the jet reno touch he's like yeah human body's just a ship man the head is this and this is that but he has awful bedside manner and causes one of the patients to freak out and has to get kicked out of of medical. He goes to security, tries out for security. Uh, he goes back to the holodeck and is put through a simulation of fighting a bunch of Borg, which he uses his implant to help him like defeat them. And he's called a natural born warrior. Also, of note, the name of that program. Do you remember what the name of the program is that has all the Borgs in it? <laughs> oh, Smorg Smorgasborg. Yes, Smorgasborg, yes. which is just a great name for an episode. <laughs> Okay, so Mariner and Boimler, they track down Zorin to an Andoran bar. Mariner tries to tell Boimler to play it cool. He does not. He goes in there and he sees 
the Andorians are beating up what looks like an old Andorian man. So he goes in and he phases one of them. But it turns out it's a shapeshifter and the shapeshifter runs away. And then he causes a huge bar fight, which he tries to stay out of, but it doesn't work. And he winds up getting stabbed and then like hit in the groin and then stabbed in the thigh. And then Mariner has to show up and shoot her phaser in the air. And she calms everyone down by buying five rounds for everyone. And then Boimler is super bummed out because he sucks at being in Starfleet. And Mariner, who basically never wants to work or do anything, is amazing at being in Starfleet. And uh, he throws his communicators like, when we get back to the ship, I'm out. And Mariner is bummed out by this. Uh, so, sh- I mean, you uh, meant to her, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she, uh, we don't, we know, but we don't know this. She like... They're walking through a park and they're approached by a creepy Ferengi and the Ferengi's all humans come to my ship humans and doing the the <laughs> it's uh, it's of note. It is the original like TNG Ferengi's in the first season. They look like the Ferengi's do, but they have like whips and they like to steal women with like these electric whips. They're like a very uh, yeah. <laughs> one dimensional mm. characters. They didn't stand yeah. up right either. They were like. Obsessed with money, currency, and slavery, stealing women with whips, and the whips were made of, like, lightning Mm. or something. It was ridiculous. Yes. Anyway, that's the kind of uh, uh, Ferengi they're approached by. Mariner is like, oh, he doesn't seem like a Ferengi to me. And Boimler's like, of course, he's a Ferengi. And then Boimler confronts the Ferengi and finds out that it's a front. And then the Ferengi pulls a knife on them, and then Boimler shoots the knife away, and the Ferengi runs away. And Boimler was like, yeah, I saved us. Thank God I was on the ball, Mariner. You're such a loser. And then they find the shuttle. They run in there. It's got a bunch of tickets on the windshield. Who's passed out in there? None other than General Zorin. It's right by the embassy. So they drag him out, leave him in front of the embassy, and they fly back to the ship. And Mariner's like, hey, uh, thanks for saving me, and please keep this between us, my not knowing that that was a Ferengi. And he's like, of course, between the two of us. Hard cut to him telling everybody how Mariner was complete, like, dunce. She thought a Ferengi was like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, thank God I was there. I was on it, man. I saved the day. Yeah, I saved the day. He, but he does say, like, after a whole day of being a badass, she doesn't know what a Ferengi looks like. Uh, Mariner goes, lies down in her, her, uh, bunk and gets a call from the same Ferengi. Only now <laughs> he has a British accent and he's wearing a monocle. <laughs> uh, and his name, what is his name? Uh, Quimp. Quimp, he has a monocle and they have a little small talk and Mariner's like, how's the wife? And he's like, oh, we're going to Riza for vacation next week. And she's like, oh, jealous. Uh, meanwhile... After Rutherford, he, like, did so great with security, they wanted him to be part of the bear pack, is what they called themselves in security. But once he gets there, he realizes he's not into it. He wants to be an engineer again. He has to leave. Again, it seems like they're going to be upset, but instead they're super happy for him. They're like, follow your dreams. He tells Tendi, hey, I don't think I can not be an engineer, so I won't be able to go with you to that Pulsar viewing. I'll have to be in the tubes. And she's like, great, then I can just watch the Pulsar on my tablet with you in the tubes. I just want a company. So the episode ends with Rutherford and Tendi sitting in a Jeffrey's tube. And Tendi's looking at the Pulsar. She says, isn't it gorgeous? Or something like mm-hmm. that. And Rutherford is looking at the panels and he says, yes, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, they're sitting in a tube. Or he's sitting in a tube and she's watching her tablet and they're N-E-T-F-L- I-X-I-N-G. N-E-T-F-L-I-E-T-N-G? What? Netflixing. That's what I was trying to spell. 
N-E T F L I X I N G. You probably did spell it, I but I just couldn't I believe it. I Never. was trying to make it sound like K I S S I N G. They're N E T F L I X I N G. L I X I N G. Rutherford and Tandy sitting in a Jeffrey's tube. Netflix I N G. No. N E T Flix I N G. N E T Flix? Yeah, that works. N-E-T-Flix-I-N-G. Let's do it. I don't know if we should really go. Let's do it. I don't know if we should go to the mattresses for Netflix (laughs) N-E-T-F for what it is. Okay. Anyway, that was the episode. It was a great episode. On voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess we should go to quotable moments. Quotable. Never mind. Quotable moments. I feel like we should have a section for Easter eggs because I feel like there are so many in Lower Decks. Oh, do you want to mention some Easter eggs? Easter eggs, certainly. What did you spot? Oh, I don't know. I, I have spotted a lot of things, but I didn't write down the Easter eggs. Hmm, uh, we shall have to write down some Easter uh, eggs. That was, I think that's probably what I enjoyed the most about Lower Decks, was the Easter eggs. Perhaps you should be our Easter egg correspondent. And we go to Stevie Mans now on Easter Egg Beat. What have you got for us, Stevie? Well, Aki, I found several Easter eggs in today's episode. I that was I, <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, back to so you. Back yeah. to you. Uh, I found probably I'd say three. So I think yeah. the first one was the well, you could go with the entity thing that went into Captain Freeman because I thought that was an sure, Easter egg yeah. for like something else. But that yeah. it was definitely the homage. Right. When we were in the shuttle bay, sorry, when we were in the shuttle. And they were drinking from Klingon flagons. Those flagons obviously were from TNG. And because we've seen, like, I remember we've seen like a close up of those before. Yes. And also Boimler's uh, dress uniform. Yeah. We've seen uh, Picard wear that. And we've seen, do you remember watching totally. him in that episode where I think it was Deanna Choi's mom comes on board and Picard's picking up her luggage? I thought that because when mm-hmm. Boimler came in with his luggage, I thought that was yes. a thing. The luggage thing, yes, totally. That's very, very that's astute. And let's see, what was the other one? Oh, did you note? Did you happen to notice the name of the shuttlecraft itself? I did not. What's it called? Yosemite. Oh. Now that is a deep cut Easter egg, my friends, because I believe that was a throwback to Yosemite National Park, which was the site of the mountain. El Capitan, which Captain Kirk attempted to free climb in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Well, well, well. My goodness. Deep cut. We should have like a for you. (laughs) Thank you very much, Stevie. Uh, So great to hear from you. We'll get back to you on Easter eggs in the near future. Back to you, Aki. Thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, on quotable moments, I do have a couple of favorite quotes from this week's episode. I already mentioned that the entity says, I will feast on your misery, which I just found funny. Uh, I shall make a feast of your misery. I can stop talking like that at any time. When they find the, what is it, Anabash? Boimler says, I've never even heard of an Anabash. How do you know? And, and Mariner says, affinity for red. Uh, drawn to weak-minded people. Plus, I kind of dated one once, but only to make my mom mad. And Boimler says, weak-minded? Mm. <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed that. 
Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot some more Easter eggs. Oh, back to you, Stevie. What have you got? Back to you, Stevie. Did you notice that when uh, Boimler was speed walking, when he was power walking? He says Section 31 does this. Yes, Is that what you're going to that's right. I did notice that. I just didn't write these down. I'm such a dum-dum. Yeah, he says it's to conserve energy. Section 31 does this. So that was one. <laughs> Which, of course, they do not. Yeah. And then when Rutherford is with Commander Ransom and he's in the holodeck and he's learning to be a, you know, command stuff. And Captain Ransom yeah. says, you should have tried the Janeway protocol. And we don't quite find out what that is because he tries to do the Janeway yeah. protocol and then he blows everything up and loses all the children. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that. And then the other, the final one was when Boimler is about to make out with the alien and she's like, oh, I can see your nasty boy thoughts. You want me to do the Jama, Jama uh, Haran? Jama Haran. And I think that's a throwback to something mm-hmm, that Riker mm-hmm. must have done in Riza. I do believe. I was meaning to Google that because at the end, also, Mariner tells Kemp. She's like, oh, if you guys are going to, if you guys are going to Riza, you know what you should try, yeah. Jama Haran. It's a Ryzen. Oh, I just Googled it. Oh, should we the Google music? This says, Jamaharan. The Jamaharan was a rite originating on the pleasure planet of Riza. One's desire to participate in Jamaharan was indicated by the display of a horgan, a small statue, which was the Ryzen symbol for sexuality. A hundred percent of something Riker did. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why he went year after year. Yeah. And she and the the alien that tries to lay eggs in uh, Boimler's mouth says, "I can still sense your dirty thoughts. You still want to do it. He wants Jamaharan. Nasty boy thoughts. I can still sense your nasty boy thoughts. Uh, yes, of course. I, the back to Rutherford on the ship when he does the Jane does the Janeway protocol and kills all the kids. Ransom comes in and says, in thousands of simulations, that's literally never happened before. Let's try another one on a ship with even more children. Anyway, these shows are great. Yeah. Oh, I did like one. Uh, It was Mariner, and she was like, just sit us down in the Klingon region. The man wants hot worms. The man wants hot worms. Yeah. Take me to little Kronos. I want Grach. I want Grach. He also, when he grabs her leg, uh, the leg of the the ambassador... (laughs) He says, fetch me my drinking horn. I need wine. Or something like that. I just thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> they really nailed the like old school TNG Klingon voices too. Yeah. The, uh, the, the female Klingon, you're like, it must have been, I should have Googled this too. Klingon. It must have been one of the voice actors. Weakling. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, a weakling? Yeah. Weakling. <laughs> and you've got to have like fake the teeth. Fake teeth. It's yes. effective. Top and bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He, to, he went in search of stronger ale. Um, but he was already wasted. <laughs> exactly. Is that a problem? Um, shall we next time? Yeah, I think we're, I think, I think we've exhausted everything. Now, I mean, maybe. we'll watch a third time and probably find even more Easter eggs. Oh, more Easter eggs. This is fun. Yeah. I love these Easter eggs. We, sh- we should get a, we should get a sound effect for Easter eggs. Okay. Next time. On set phasers. Sweet. Well, next time on set phasers, we'll be discussing season one, episode three of Star Trek Lower Decks. One of my favorite episodes, Temporal Edict. Temporal Edict. One of my favorites. 
Uh, you can't have a Star Trek series without a, t- a temporal yeah. incident. Temporal edict. Um, and it should be lovely. I can't wait to discuss all of... Uh, we still have so much of this season left to go. So, so you know, join us, is all I'm saying. And, yeah. and if you have, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed the program, <laughs> you can catch us every mm-hmm. Monday, wherever you get your podcasts from, wherever you download or listen to podcasts. And if you get the chance, we wouldn't mind if you would rate and subscribe, review and subscribe yes. us. It really helps drive listeners to our podcast. Go there right now and give us a review. Even actually, no, not even if it's a bad one. I can give, please go and give us a nice review. That would be lovely. Bonus points if it contains Klingon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I'll read it. Uh, on you air. can, <laughs> you can follow us where uh, we are on the the old Facebook and Instagram. We are at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast. Meme game strong. Hashtag meme game strong. If you want to support us on our continuing mission, we'd only be delighted. You can patronize us. We can take it by going to Patreon.com/slash Set Phasers. Well, lucky. I think that's it. There's nothing left to say except thank you for listening. I'm Stevie Mans. And thank you for listening. I'm Aki Burmese, and this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. And program.